0: Welcome to the Leading on Purpose podcast with Jackie, where you will hear stories of passion, purpose, and leadership designed to inspire you to live your best life. So let's get started. Dear God, thank you for everyone that is listening to this podcast and for our guests. I ask that you give everyone favor and help them live their best life. Keep this in mind. You will never influence the world by being dressed like it. So be yourself, be authentic, because the world needs you. Now let's hear from our guest. I am really excited to have my guest today, and it is Dan Foster. Dan is going to talk about coaching leadership, one of my favorite topics. Dan, how are you today? I'm
1: doing great, Jackie. It's wonderful to be with you.
0: Well, I'm so happy that you're taking time out of your schedule to be with me on this podcast. So Dan, um, it's been a really, really challenging year. And as we are getting ready to approach a new year, what is one thing that you have learned about yourself this year Mm -hmm. that you're going to take into 2021? Yeah, great
1: question. Um, So I have learned the importance This year, more than ever, of um, my overall well being. I have, Jackie, this year probably had more um, incidents at home and at work where um, I don't know what the right word is, but my lid has been flipped, if you will. And I've had. Disagreements with my wife. I've had outbursts with my kids. Um, I've had struggles in team meetings where I've just been so frustrated. And what it comes down to is just my overall well being. You know, at working from home, uh, I'm more productive for sure, but I've started to notice that it's not uncommon for me to work 10 to 12 hours a day because work is right there. And so it's like, oh, everybody's watching a show. I'll just scoot into the home office real quick and, you know, answer a few emails. And So I think what I'm learning is, is that, um, you know, it's super important for me to be taking care of myself, to lead myself first so that I can lead others really, really well. And I just, I had so many of those little incidents in 2020 where I look back with regret going, oh, I shouldn't have said that, or I wish I hadn't have done that, that I'm going to focus on that in 2021, just really making sure that I'm leading myself well so that I am mentally, emotionally, spiritually, that I'm just in the right place so that when those tense moments come and there is conflict, um, I'm approaching them with more curiosity and more grace and and just allowing myself to be in that moment and to understand what's going on and not emotionally reacting.
0: That's fantastic. And I'm sure we have all had many of those moments this year. <laughs> Very understandable, but great yes. self-reflection. And I understand how you know that's a good learning to take taken to the next year. So thank you, Dan. So Dan, share a little bit uh, about your your career journey. We want to get to know you a little bit. Um, You work for Building Champions. Share with us a little bit about your career journey.
1: Yeah, you bet. So for me, right out of college, um, I got into the real estate industry. And I was a real estate broker for, gosh, almost 10 years. Um, And I, I loved my first five years were you know, as an individual producer, selling homes, helping people buy homes. And I did some property management. And I love that because, you know, it was all up to me, right, my efforts in terms of being in sales. And if I was going to be successful, it was all on my shoulders. And so I love doing that. But I also knew that I, I wanted to lead people and I wanted to lead teams. And so uh, when an opportunity came for me to be able to manage uh, a, br- a branch office with uh, a number of other real estate brokers. I applied and I, I got accepted to to be the manager, and um, and that was really where I first became a leader. To be honest, I, I had led smaller teams, uh, you know, a little bit, but really this was me leading a team of about 50 to 60 people. Um, and uh, it, it was great. Um, I, I didn't start off very well. I will tell you that, you know, as a, as a first-time leader, I made a lot of mistakes. And um, in the we real estate you. industry, yeah, I know. So, but in the real estate industry, when if you don't like your manager, you just leave and you go to a different real estate office <laughs> because you're independent contractors, you're not really employees. And so I learned very quickly that I needed to maybe manage a little differently and lead it a little differently, uh, that it wasn't always about results and actions, that there was a people side to it as well. And um, and to help me get there, I actually ended up hiring a coach at Building Champions. And so I was a client of Building Champions for about five years. And, and that really helped me on my leadership journey. I, I, I became that branch manager and I then started taking over and helping them expand into new territories and so I had a second branch that I was managing for them. I started coaching a number of my direct reports which was a ton of fun because I started to really enjoy that side of of leadership Um, and then I had an opportunity to become the uh, training and development leader for the organization that I was with and I was kind of at a decision point, uh, Jackie, where I I knew that if I chose to go into training and development, that I would definitely get to continue coaching a few people. But I was probably going to be in a lot more meetings and a lot more of like content development and training and that sort of stuff. And my heart was really on this idea of of coaching people. I really love that. And so it was at that point where I actually reached out to my current employer, Building Champions, and I spoke with Daniel Harkavy, the owner and, and CEO, and uh, it, the timing was just right where I ended up coming over to Building Champions back in 2011, so nine years ago, and I've been with them as a coach for, like, like I said, nine years now. And so I started off as a leadership and executive coach, and, um, and just recently, in about the last three years... Uh, I took on a, a leadership role at Building Champions where I became the principal coach, um, which means essentially that about half the coaching team reports up to me. And so I'm the coach to the coaches. So I still have about five or six clients that I do outside the company, but I have about 12 of our coaches that report up to me. And I work with them to help um, you know them be great coaches, deliver on our brand promise and and work with them. And then I also get to serve on the executive team at Building Champions now as well. And so I'm, I'm in charge of sales and business development. So I wear quite a few hats, but I love what I'm doing right now. So,
0: so you, you, you can tell, and you can just hear the energy in your voice, and, and oh. I can see you. So I can see the big smile on That's your right. face as well. And <laughs> I, I want you to kind of reflect back a minute. Yeah. So you said that. Um, well, you you were a new manager, you made a lot of mm-hmm. mistakes, and I think we all have. Tell yeah. us about one of the one or two mistakes that you made yeah. that you would like to kind of warn other leaders about.
1: That's a good question, um, and it you know you bear your soul just a little bit, I guess, right? So, um, yeah, I think for me, you know, I I was a a young manager that thought I needed to prove my myself and you know demonstrate that they made the right decision to put me in a leadership role Um, and so and I thought you know from going to business school and and the way that I had experienced management and leadership you know growing up and in my jobs I thought that was what that meant was is you always deliver results 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 and so Starting off as a new manager, that's what I focused on. And I didn't, to be honest, I just didn't really care about people. Like I, I viewed them as a means to an end, which was a great PL at the end of the month. It was sales records. Um, and it was bonuses for me because if they produced well, then I got a bonus. And my mentality, Jackie, was just it wasn't good. It was, it was, I I didn't view people as really as like humans, as individuals that needed to be developed and grown and, and, and treated with respect so much. I just, I viewed them as a means to the end, which was me getting a bigger bonus and getting kudos for the sales production that I got. And I'll be honest with you. I actually, my very first year in management, Jackie, I had 17 people walk out of my branch and leave over the course of a year because of my management style. And I got a call from my CEO and he basically said, "What in the heck is going on there?" He didn't say heck. I'll tell you that, but I'm keeping it nice for your for your podcast. So he said, "What in the heck is going on there?" And he's like, "This is the 17th person that's walked out." And it was um, it was a, a a come to Jesus moment for me, where I had to really look at what am I, who do I want to be as a leader, what do I want it to look like, what do I want my legacy to be known for, and that's when I decided to make a switch. But it, it was very tough. I I learned then that you it's about people and profits. You can't separate the two. It, you have to focus on the individual and you have to focus on running the business really well. And you can do that, I think, um, successfully. So
0: that's great. And you know, thank you for sharing that. It's not easy yeah. to share mistakes that have been made, but we've all made them. So thank you for sharing that. I'm you sure that we'll, we'll learn from that. And, and it's good that your, your manager really stepped in and, and had a conversation with you about it, yes. even though you were, you were, your driving results, but yes, you wanted to know what was going on. So exactly.
1: <laughs> that's Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You might be getting the results, but when 17 People leave the company because of you. Some, some, you're going to get a phone call or at least a visit, and you just you hope it's not Friday at 4:30 when that visit comes. So. <laughs> so,
0: so our topic that you wanted to touch on is is coaching leadership. So, yeah. what what prompted your passion around coaching leadership?
1: Yeah. So, I, I think for me, you know, I've always been drawn to personal development. That's just been something that. Ever since a young age, I I loved um, listening to my grandfather talk about the business that he ran. And I loved watching the way he interacted with people when they came and were working with him. And I got to spend summers with him. And so I loved kind of the business and just... I wanted to be, you know, someone that people connected with, and I knew I had to develop that. I loved watching my uncle who was, um, he ran uh, restaurants and hotels, and I loved watching him. And so for me, it was just kind of realizing that I want to challenge myself. I want to be better as an individual so that I can be more successful and and so I just always loved that personal development. And that sort of started to spill over into my relationships with like family and friends and coworkers. I might get asked for some advice and I'd share what I was learning and that sort of stuff. And uh, and, and so it just sort of became um, personal development as a whole became something that was just a, kind of a part of who I was. And then when I first got into business, I, I really started noticing that when people were leaving an organization, the majority of time they weren't leaving the organization because they were upset with the organization or they didn't like the culture. They were they were they ups- They didn't connect with their manager. They were leaving the manager, not the organization. And I witnessed uh, that happen in my career. And then I also saw it happen like with friends where I would talk to them and I'd say, they'd tell me that they left their job and I'd ask them why. And inevitably it always came down to the relationship with the leader that they had. And so it just really started me uh, thinking about what does good management look like? What does leadership look like? And as I went through that experience of my own where I lost a lot of people and I sort of had that moment where I was like, I need to really think about like what type of manager, what type of leader am I going to be? It was then that I really started ex- like exploring this whole idea of coaching because someone recommended it for me. They said, you know, Dan, you really should be getting coached. If you want to be someone that really connects with people and has a really strong leadership legacy and you're interested in personal development, they really challenged me. And they were like, what are you, who are you, who's coaching you? Like, what are you doing to, to, to improve yourself? And so that's when I became a client of Building Champions and I started working with a coach and that experience for me was really transformational, Jackie. Um, It helped me not only on my personal side, like with my marriage and raising kids and making sure that I had the right priorities, but it also helped me on the career side, casting vision and setting strategic plans and working with people. So that really, when I saw what happened in me, I really just wanted to give that back to other people. And I just I, I love sharing with people what I'm learning. And I, I just, when I saw that transformation in me and I saw other people that were struggling, I thought, you know, this would be a great leadership sort of style to bring to my my team would be through coaching and to get to know them and develop them, that sort of thing. So that's really where the passion started was kind of like, it all, like all things happen in life. You go through a rough experience, you learn from it, and then You want to share that experience and what you learn from that experience so that other people don't have to do it. And that's kind of what the passion was for me is to to do coaching leadership as a way to teach people that there's another way to lead and another way to, to manage people to where it's not all about profits and tasks, but there's the people side of the business.
0: And, you know, you said something, Dan, that really resonated that I think we've all heard a, a number of times is that people don't leave companies, they leave their yeah. leaders, right? Yeah. It, it, that, because the leader is, it does, they do represent the company. And so they if do. there's not a good relationship there, they're not going to have a good relationship with the organization. And I still believe there's probably some leaders that no, that don't necessarily believe that. Would you you yeah. agree with that?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, there's There's still a number of leaders that uh, they they view you know it's basically that you know people are there to do their job let them do their job don't engage them never mix the you know you don't need to get to know them you don't need to have relationship with them just let them make their widgets and go home at night and you just make sure that they're doing it the right way type of thing so
0: yeah and I mean certainly there are some reasons outside of a leader that someone would leave mm-hmm. the company certainly there are some but sure. definitely the leader plays a, a huge role and and can you define for the audience very specifically, when you talk about coaching leadership, how do you define that?
1: Yeah, so I think for me, it it really is a mindset um, thing, Jackie, that's what the it's a belief that your number one priority as a leader is to develop your people. um, And that if you can do that really well, To help them become the best version of themselves, both in life and in business, then everything else is going to fall into place. And so I think that's what coaching leadership is. It's that belief that your number one priority is to develop your people. Um, Because if you do that, it leads to great success for the organization, for the team, and for the individual. Um, And so that's how I would define it. It is really that belief of you know, developing other people is your number one priority as a, as a leader.
0: And and tell us, what does that look like in action? And give yeah. us a, a very specific example.
1: Sure. So, um, so let's just take like most leaders and managers have one-on-ones with their with their direct reports, whether they're a coaching leader or not. So then it really comes down to what are you doing in that one-on-one? How are you engaging your direct reports or your team members in those one-on-ones? And so for a coaching leader, I think it's all about making sure that you've, you've got that connection with the individual, that they feel known by you. You know their strengths. You know their weaknesses. You know what's going on in their family. Um, and you, you know what they aspire to be and what their professional goals are. And so a coaching leader understands that and knows that and, and then d- isn't afraid to, I think, engage at that level, to build that trust, to ask them about how, they, how are they doing? How's your well-being? You know, how, how are you doing at home? And um, because they know that if things aren't going well with the individual's overall well-being, it's going to show up at work. So a coaching leader, I think, engages in those conversations where people feel known. Uh, they feel like um, they've got high trust relationship with their leader because they believe their leader is for them. Uh, and, and, they, and they have that trust because the leader, when they do hold them accountable to something, They know that they're doing it because they want them to be the best version of themselves. And so I think for a coaching leader, it's both about performance and the person. And you're helping that in those one-on-ones, you're driving to conversations around the individual and helping them to be the best that they can be. Now let's, let's look at the other type of one-on-one. I think for a non-coaching leader, you're probably still having one-on-ones, but if 90% of the time your conversations are all about performance, and if 90% of the time you're always the one talking in those one-on-ones, then that's not coaching that that's you just having a one-on-one with your direct report where they walk away with a list of things to do. And impressions on how what what you're thinking, feeling, and believing as their leader about them. Whereas with coaching, you should be spending about 80 to 90% of your time asking questions and finding out from the the individual that you're coaching the direct report what's going on with you? Tell me about your struggles. Tell me about your challenges, what you know, in terms of doing your work and, and really listening to them and you're coaching them. But you're helping them to find those answers within themselves to be able to go out and, and make decisions and do the things that they need to do. And that's the development side of it. Rather than me saying to, in a one-on-one, Jackie, go do this, do this, and do this, and do it the way I've always done it, right? That's, that's more management. And then whereas coaching is, hey, Jackie, tell me what you're trying to achieve, What are your challenges? Have you thought about this? If so, okay, what would you do now? You know, and so you're asking questions and you're listening.
0: Yeah, that, you know, this year, this year of the pandemic and Mm. so many other challenges that we have been facing as a, a country here in 2020, What it sounds like to me when you talk about really listening and asking questions is empathy, too. It's really understanding where people are, making sure that you're putting people first. So, I mean, that's really what it sounds like to me. And and I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, it's important all the time, but especially in a year in which we're living today, that is even more important. It is.
1: It is because people need to know that I think their leader cares for them, right? And and when you know that your leader cares for you, you can be going through some difficult things um, outside of work, but when you show up to work, you're showing up to a team that you feel like you belong to and that you're connected to. You feel like you're working with a team and for a leader that knows you and that does empathize with what you're going through and that you trust. And so your engagement level is going to be much higher than the employee that's going through something and has to come to work and always gets told what to do. There's no empathy. There's no connection. There's no real deep knowledge at a heart level of who these individuals are They're going to show up and they'll do their work, but I don't think they're going to give you 110% when you need it. And I think a coaching leadership allows you to get to that point.
0: So Dan, talk a little bit about, um, you know, everyone is always trying to balance, balance, empathy, balance, performance, because we all, everyone has to perform. I mean, no matter what job that you're in, whether it's sales or marketing or, Technology, yeah. whatever it is, you always have to perform. So, yeah. how do you, how do people develop themselves as a coaching leader, yeah. and 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 ensuring that they're still getting to that performance piece?
1: Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. So, I think. Um, it's important as a coaching leader uh, to make sure that, um, you know, that, that yes, you have that empathy and that connection with that individual, but you leverage that empathy and that connection and that, that trust that you have so that when you're holding them accountable to results and actions and projects and deadlines and those sort of things, they don't look at it as you bringing down the hammer on them. They look at it as my my leader wants what's best for me. He wants to see me be successful. She wants to see me grow into the the leader that I aspire to be. And so those accountability conversations become very different when you're, it's the difference between being like a coach and a warden. A warden is always looking for you to mess up and say, oh, see, you didn't miss, you missed that deadline. You didn't hit that goal. And now you're going to, now I have to have a tough conversation with you the coach says, hey, we set this goal. You said you were going to do this. Help me understand what happened. Why were you not able to achieve it? Uh, And then what they do is they listen for that, those beliefs that are going on inside that person's head. They listen for the reasons why, and they challenge them on their thinking to say, what if we looked at it a different way? How could we overcome that challenge? And so what you're doing is, is you're getting into that trench with that person and saying, listen, I understand these challenges are very real for you, but together we can overcome them because we have to meet this goal. So let's work together to figure out how to do that. And I want to help understand the challenges and the things that are causing you to not reach those goals. And I want to help you design a path that's going to get there. And so let's talk, let's, let's ask questions, let's figure this out. That's a very different conversation than the manager that comes in and is just basically telling them, you didn't hit your goals, Jackie, if you don't hit them next time, then you're gone, right? And so the coaching leader tries to get to at a head and a heart level, what's going on with the individual? What are they thinking, feeling, and believing about themselves and others and their circumstances, and then how can they use that and leverage that to help them to start doing the right disciplines to overcome challenges so that they can get those desired end results, those goals, the projects done, the sales quota hit, whatever it might be. Um, so it's just approaching it where you the person knows that you're for them because you've built relationship with them and you've demonstrated that you care for them. And you if you've set it up that where you've said, We will have accountability conversations, but every time we have one, it's going to be me coming along beside you to help you be successful. Um, It's not going to be punitive unless it gets to the point where we've tried everything and I'm coaching you out of this position that you're in, you know, because we've tried everything to coach you up. And if coaching up doesn't work, then we will have to have that conversation where we coach you out to a different position in the organization that more matches your skills, or perhaps we coach you out to another career where you could be successful in a different organization.
0: You know, that's very, very meaningful because... What it is what I see is is that perfect sweet spot, so it's not a leader who is too tough on their people and all they talk about is performance, and yeah. it's also not a leader who all they they want to be their best friend. Exactly. that's all they talk about is how are you doing and how are yeah. you know how's life, but never get to the accountability piece so yep. that's what I hear you saying
1: it's exactly right and and when you The other thing I didn't mention is that I think a coaching leader, when goals are set and projects or timelines are set up, whatever it might be, that is done in conjunction with the direct report and with the employee so that it's a mutual decision of what the goal is going to be. It's a mutual decision of when the project will be done. That way there's co-ownership in it. And it's not me mandating, you have to do this, you have to do this. Because then, yes, the person does it, but they do it out of fear. They're fearful that, you know, they would maybe would not have set that goal the way they did. They would have extended it by a week on the project. And so I think a coaching leader comes along beside that person and sets the goals uh, in conjunction with each other. They still have maybe mandates from above that they have to make sure that the employee understands But they're setting those goals together and the pathway to reach those goals together. And I think that really helps as well when you have those accountability conversations.
0: Yeah, I do think it's a perfect sweet spot because many times you do hear people feeling uncomfortable having those conversations around accountability. They just don't want to go there. But when you have the person's best interest in mind, then they're going to appreciate those conversations and really Those are the type of leaders that are talked about years and years later are those that are comfortable having those accountability, accountability discussions, but also being there for the person and caring about them as an individual.
1: Yeah. And I think that's the key part. You see, if if someone doesn't feel like they're known by you and that you're for them, then they're not going to have that trust. And so that you've got your employees need to, you need to make sure that you know your employees and that they know that you're for them. And then accountability conversations from my experience become much easier. Because it's done on a, on, a, on a playing field of trust versus one of gotcha, you know, and if you don't improve, you're out of here type
0: of thing. So that's fantastic. Yeah. All right, Dan, well, we're going to shift gears for uh, about a minute here. I have okay. a couple of fun questions that I'm going to ask you, and I just want you to jump right into. to okay. the first thing that comes to mind. Are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> okay. First question is, what songs have you completely memorized? Oh, my gosh. Well, right now it's Christmas songs. So let's see. Um,
1: Joy to the world. I love that one. I, I love Okay, sing, sing one line, Dan. Joy <laughs> to the
0: world. The Lord has come. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Fantastic. That's one of my favorite songs, too. Yeah. Um, next one. If you could only eat one dessert for the rest of your life, what mm. would it be? Okay, so it would be my
1: mom's pecan pie that she makes with pecans from Texas. She orders them and has them delivered from Texas, and she will not make a pecan pie from with pecans from any other place except from Texas (laughs) and they are delicious. And I know it's terrible for me because there's a ton of butter and a ton of sugar, but it's so good. So.
0: (laughs) Texas pecans. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Next one. Who would play you in a movie about your life? (laughs) Oh my gosh.
1: I don't know. Maybe Kramer from Seinfeld. I don't know. Um, that's a good question, Jackie. I could. I would like to think of some really like sexy guy that all the women would love, you know, to see on TV. But I don't think I would be that guy.
0: So. <laughs> okay, Seinfeld, uh, that's honey. <laughs> okay, well, just a, a few more questions for you, sure. Dan. Um, What are some practical ways that individuals can become coaching leaders? Yeah,
1: um, practical ways they can do it. Well, I think it starts by, from a practical standpoint, it starts with you really having a vision for what you're wanting to achieve, right? You don't just want to start something because you heard it on a podcast or you read a blog post or something like that. And you're like, oh, I should try that and do it. No, think about it. Like, what would be different? What would be true about your leadership and what would be true and different for your team and really like cast that coaching vision. So that's the first thing I think like get crystal clear on if you want to be a coaching leader, where do you see it taking you? And then really get crystal clear on why you want to do it. Like answering that question around why, like I, I love helping people to develop and grow and to be the best version of themselves. Cause I love like seeing that um, you know, lead to transformation in our families and in our communities. And I love seeing it lead to transformation at work and people being promoted. So for me, that's my why. But that might not be your why. So why do you want to be a coaching leader? Um, and then I think you start focusing, once you've got like the mental, the beliefs down, now you start working on the skills, right? So how is your active listening? How are you at asking powerful questions? How are you at providing feedback? How are you at, you know, leveraging goals to hold people accountable. How are you at telling stories that inspire people to think differently? And I think you really zero in on the skills, um, and and then you create that framework of tools and systems so that when you start to do coaching sessions, you've got a place where you're taking your notes. You've got tools that you recommend to your folks. Um, and so I think to do all of that, you 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 have to you have to read books. You you've got to. Um, you know, you, there's a ton of courses out there that you can take, um, if you're really serious and you want to j- dive right in, you can go get certified, you know, at the, with the international coaching federation, that's probably the most recognized certification in coaching, um, you know, building champions. We have an e-course that we do that walks people through it, um, but you just start doing it. Just start having conversations with people. You can you can actually have coaching conversations at the dinner table with your family members. You can have coaching conversations with your peers um, when you know over Zoom call or in person when they've got trouble, a problem or something like that. And you can also do it with your direct reports and just start doing something a little different where you go into your one-on-one and you say, you know what? I'm not going to talk in this one-on-one as much as I do in my other ones. I'm actually going to ask, I'm going to have a goal of asking like five questions, right. And just listening. And then only speaking if I absolutely have to, and you just start practicing those skills. And then what's going to happen is, is you're going to see results and you're going to want to do it more and more. And, and I think you just start to grow into that coaching leader. So does that like, is that help?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I really like what you said, Dan, about first asking yourself why, you know, yeah. why do you want to be a coaching leader? Because that's mm-hmm. going to drive you forward because if you're doing it just to do it, then you're not going to have the momentum that exactly. you would need. Really nice. The yeah. next one, what is the, the best and worst leadership advice that you've ever been given?
1: Oh, man, great question. Um, Best advice, I think, is, um, you know, my professor, uh, my freshman year in college for business, Business 101, Raymond Gleason, um, taught us that great leaders are curious leaders, um, and they seek to understand um, before they speak, before they make decisions, they talk to people. They ask questions, and they approach problems as well as opportunities with a spirit of curiosity. Um, they approach the people that they have that, that they're leading with a spirit of curiosity to get to know them, to understand them, to understand the problem. And before they make decisions, they make sure that they're being intentionally curious. Uh, I think that's probably that has stuck with me from when I was 18 years old in Business 101, and I've loved that 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 so. Um, the worst advice I can remember my management training for real estate back in Washington, DC and the trainer standing up in the front of the the classroom of about 30 people. And she actually said, people do not matter. It's profits over people. And she said, get rid of the losers, only focus on the people that are, that are killing it in sales. But she just always said profits over people, profits over people. I didn't know it at the time, and it took me losing seventeen people right when I came out of that training. So it's my fault. Um, it was. It was. Yes. And so, but I think that was the worst advice because I I just did not see people the way I should be looking at them and, and connecting with them, and it's profits are important, but people are too because you cannot have that you cannot go to the level of profits that you dream of going to if you don't have great people helping you to get there and working with them and rewarding them for, for helping you to achieve that.
0: So, so now you can just blame your, your beginning mistakes all on her. (laughs) That's
1: right. That's right. I'll do that in the next interview, I guess.
0: (laughs) So any final comments for our listeners on, on being a coaching leader and and then let us know how we can get in contact with you or how we can get in contact with you.
1: Yeah. So I, I just think, I think right now you get the nail on the head, Jackie, you said, you know, this year has been tough for a lot of people. And I think right now, more than ever, um, we as, as organizations and as leaders are starting to see that people are feeling burned out. They're feeling um, maybe disengaged uh, from work like they used to be. And so they, they actually need genuine leadership right now. They need that leader that reaches out to them and is curious and wants to know what's going on with them at a personal level, as well as a professional level. And I think a coaching leadership sort of philosophy allows you to, to change the game in terms of one-on-ones and allows you to demonstrate that you do care both for people and for profits and that you want what's best for them and you want to develop them. And so um, I think right now, our people need it more than ever. Um, If we want to have engaged individuals that feel like they're known, and that they work for a leader that they trust, and that they want to aspire to be like, and that is not all about them, but is about developing others, then this is a great um, philosophy, I think, to adopt right now. So in terms of getting in contact with me, probably just buildingchampions.com. That's probably the easiest way. That's our website and I'm listed there as one of the principal coaches. And if anyone wants to drop me an email, very easy, just dan.foster at buildingchampions.com. So happy to connect with anybody in any way.
0: Well, Dan, I I really wanna thank you so much for your words of wisdom today. It's been fantastic. Definitely. You've been on a great journey. I know you're an amazing leader today, coaching leader, and just thank you so much for for taking time to chat with us this this afternoon and really, really appreciate it. And I wish you continued success as a coaching leader and and thank Thank you you for helping our audience of listeners.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Jackie. It's been great being with you and thanks for the wonderful questions. I appreciate it.